0: It's the Bible rundown. Day 104, 1 Samuel 25 through 26. And Rob, we get to get go back to the New Testament today. Luke yes. 12. Love yeah. our New Testament mix-up in here.
1: This is a good New Testament day.
0: Oh, it is. And a good Old Testament day. Why? Because we have a very interesting story with uh, this character Nabal. So tell us uh, what's going on. Samuel has died. David is still on the run. He's in Gath among the Philistines. What's going to happen with Nabal and and Abigail here?
1: Well, uh, Nabal actually means a miser, a a Mm. man who is... uh, who's kind of a, an angry, foolish, wicked man. He's he's foolish and wicked. And uh, he, <clears throat> he he does not want to share all of the blessings that God has given him. It's it's interesting. Like you think about like Ebenezer Scrooge, right? This guy is like Ebenezer Scrooge. He wants he's got he's got a ton of stuff. He's got a beautiful wife. He wants to share none of his goods with David and his men who have been helping him keep his goods, protecting his flocks, watering his sheep, taking care of his servants. And David David asked to to provide a a feast for his men, something to uplift his men during their their continuous... running into the mountains and the caves from Saul. And so he doesn't give it to them. And so David says, strap on boys, we're going to go and take him out. And Abigail meets him with uh, some goods and some food strapped on donkeys. And she, she is the wise and um, giving one that Nabal is not. And interestingly enough, God actually takes Nabal out. David yeah. is uh, <clears throat> commends Abigail for her wisdom and also ends up marrying her. What a story this is. But Abigail is an interesting character. You hope that you have Abigails in your life who are protecting you from going off the cliff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, marry a woman that that is wise like her, right? I thought what was interesting is uh, when you kind of get to her dialogue where she runs up to to David and falls before him, starting in verse 23, Rob, I counted over 10 times that she's humbling herself by using this term, my Lord, speaking of David. And so, uh, you know, counter that with Nabal's claim of like, well, who's this David? There's a lot of people that are leaving their masters, right? And calling themselves like rulers of this or rulers of that, but she gets it. And I think it comes back to this bigger idea that we've been hitting on with David now being the Lord's anointed, the idea of submitting or yielding to the Lord's anointed, right? So the gospel principle for us is, you know, when we understand that the Lord is calling us to submit or yield to him as Lord, Mm -hmm. that Lordship principle overrides everything going on around us. Right. So even though I don't know. It's an interesting contrast is Abigail sinning by not submitting to her husband's wishes of not helping David, or is she actually, just like we saw with Rahab and Jericho Mm -hmm. demonstrating godly character by submitting to the one that the Lord has ordained and chosen for himself.
1: And this is, this is a good point that you make here because, you know, when you're, when you talk about submission as a wife and all these, these, these comments, seems like we go here all the time, right? This, these, these controversial issues, but this is a great point in this story that shows that our submission is to the Lord first. And we're then submitting to one another out of out of a display of of the character and nature of of the Lordship of Christ. But we're as we submit to the Lord, we're submitting to one another. But in this scenario, the submission is to the Lord first and not to her husband. Mm-hmm. And she's commended for that. I, I just think that, that this is a great story to tell. You know, this is a great story. Well, and even for us, when it comes to
0: being the, the character position that David's in, right? When we feel um, persecuted by the world around us for following God and, and living out his plan for our life, we do not compromise on trusting in the Lord right, and taking matters into our own hands. And God delivers David from sinning against Nabal by taking his life through Abigail. But then I think we go even further than that, like God avenges David for what he knows he was wronged in. And so when it comes to our own lives, you know, just this hard principle that we've got to learn. We, we are not people that take matters into our own hands. We trust in the sovereignty of God to live out for us last thing as we kind of move on nabal's heart i thought it was interesting you know when he's self-centered and getting things that he wants he's merry and he's happy right that's the scene when abigail walks up and she lets him party the night away and then the next morning breaks the bad news that she's helped out david and it's interesting like when when he's confronted that with that reality of being others focused and that his things are going to help out other people and not conserved for himself that's when his heart becomes bitter, right? And basically turns right. against him and, and the Lord takes his life. And so I think for us, it's like, man, where is our heart today? You know, like yeah. a a self-centered heart may feel good, may have the good appearance on the outside, but you know, that that selflessness is what the Lord calls us to, to look yeah. out for the interest of others and not our own.
1: Yeah, and and it's interesting that the Lord takes care of Nabal when David thought that he needed to take care of him. He he holds back from, uh, David holds back as a result of, of Abigail's urging and the Lord takes care of him. And again, in verse ch- chapter 26, again, we see this heart of David. So not only does Abigail save him here, which we need people around us saving us, but then we see the heart in which because of Abigail saving David from causing harm, I think the, the next story is, again, uh, the Lord, you know, using <clears throat> using David to not strike down Saul as a way to remember David's heart for the Lord and to not go against his anointed, which you have just said. And they come into the camp and they have a chance to spear Saul it says that the Lord put them into a deep sleep. Interestingly enough, the Lord's orchestrating all these things, mm-hmm. and then ultimately He puts uh, the spear and the the water, and basically takes them, um, you know, takes them away and and calls out and says, Who, "Where's your spear and water?" And mm-hmm. and uh, there's the chief officer, He calls him by name here, and Abner. Mm-hmm and uh and he says you know why do you think i'm after you i'm not i'm not after you No, and i love just kind of when you're closing out that chapter
0: 23 and 24 again like gospel principles coming through in the life of david um do unto others as you would have them do unto you right the the golden rule you know that even jesus himself was teaching and verse 24 When David's speaking to Saul, he says, behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. And so I think we're seeing this Christ-like heart and character demonstrated in David. Yes, he had the opportunity to take Saul's life. He doesn't. He loves his enemies. He prays for his enemies in the way that Jesus wants to, and so... I just, I love kind of what is oozing
1: out of these chapters today and for Samuel. It's good stuff. It's good. Move to uh, chapter 12 of Luke. Good stuff here. Back to the New Testament. Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, don't fear those who will kill the body after that they can do nothing but i will warn you whom to fear fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast into hell yes i tell you fear him this is interesting don't fear man fear the lord and uh it's a principle that that continues to be an issue in our day and age is many people fear man they fear uh humanity peer pressure whatever it is but they do not have fear for the lord um you know just interestingly enough you know we we need to remind ourselves that what can man do to me other than kill me you know that's that's the worst thing that can happen yeah and i mean kind of like take these little
0: nuggets of truth that, that Jesus is getting in here that Luke writes down and hold them up with what we just read with Nabal and David, right? So David does not fear man. He trusts God. But then you get to verses 13 through 21 and like 22 through 34 and talking about material possessions, right? And being oh, rich towards God. And it's my, I mean, that's my thing that I wrote down this morning <laughs> as I was reading through it is, am I like Nabal? right am i am i really sharing the good things that god's given to me and am i giving to those people who cannot give back to me and you know so that principle of of godly giving being rich towards god can be demonstrated now in how we live and i thought it was interesting like then after that teaching on giving he goes into anxiety and so really i think the the thing that is jumping out to me is what are we seeking after? And in the same way that David was just seeking after the Lord and trusting him to provide. And even in those moments where he's tempted to take matters in his own hands, he steps back or someone steps in and and intercedes for him so he doesn't sin. He sees God provide and the anxieties or the, the flesh coming through David is placed under control when he submits to God and he sees God provide. And I think right. it's just, do we really trust God that he has his best for us? Amen. Um, but I, I don't know, Rob, I was thinking through verse like towards the end, right. When he talks about, you must be ready verses 35 through 48. um. And Peter asked this question: if the parable was for just the disciples or for everybody. And Jesus doesn't answer the question, right? Um, right. I think what was interesting as I was just kind of thinking through it is: do we do we call people to really take seriously that there's a God who has expectations for their life? Right. Like we just finished Judges, where everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And I think our society today is much the same way. We seek truth from within, not truth from without. So we refuse to come to God. And just as I was reading this about the master coming and being delayed, I think, you know, you can get maybe overly focused on the beating language and those things that are coming through with this parable that Jesus shared. Um, but I think it's just this reminder, like, What are we
1: giving our life towards? Right. That's good. And, you know, everyone to whom much was given to him will be, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So I just, I think to myself of how much God has given me, just Mm -hmm. knowledge of the word, knowledge of the gospel, understanding that, opening my eyes to see who Jesus is. You know, being having the ability to study and and understand the you know some of these truths of the Word of God, like God has entrusted a lot to me, so He demands a lot of me. Like in each yeah. person that's listening to this podcast, like you're listening to the podcast because ultimately you're reading the Bible. Ultimately, you're hearing the Word preached. Ultimately, you are. <laughs> God is demanding more of you because of what he has given to you. And we need to be people that uh, are grateful and thankful for what God has given to us by expressing that thanksgiving by actions, you know? And so, yeah, that's see. exactly what I wrote. If you,
0: if you've truly received the gospel, then there's something to show for it in your life. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Don't be a hypocrite like mm-hmm. the Pharisees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, Bible Rundown, day 104. We'll see you tomorrow.